Lemmy moderate that caucus is a Tanraj Dule and Sanya Tahir production. Hello and welcome to Lemmy moderate that caucus with Tanraj Dule and Sanya Tahir. Yeah, so hey, hey guys, we're back after a week of being gone, we're back. Mm-hmm. And this week we have no tangents. I don't have any. Do you have any? I have, I have a tangent. Oh, okay. I definitely have a tangent. Okay. So yesterday I went into two arguments on TikTok. Okay. Uh, a or B? Which one do you want first? Let's do A. Okay. Argument number A. So I'm sure you've noticed this recently that there is a trend of people collecting human bones. Yeah, no. Like, there's that guy who has, like, a wall of spines, and he's like, yeah. You don't know that? How does one acquire human bones? It's got to be illegal. That's the thing. It's not illegal. And a lot of these bone collectors will be like, oh, yes, these were medical testing bones that are now being discarded. And they will try to use that justification, or they'll be like, it was used for anatomy lessons, blah, 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 blah. My thing is that they're using these bones as decorations and collectibles, and they're often being very disrespectful of these bones. Yesterday, I came across the one girl who was like, Do anybody coming after me? There's These bones are ethically sourced from a company called Kilgore International. Many of people did research into Kilgore International, finding out that these bones were, were many of them, prior to 1980, and she said it was vintage, so it definitely is prior to 1980. Those bones were stolen from the Global South. For those who don't know, the Global South is the current moniker for um, quote-unquote third world countries. So that that term has been co-appropriated from another prior agreement of taking no stances during the Cold War. That's an entirely different discussion. But she's then claiming these are ethical, that she is not doing anything. The fact that these are bones stolen from the Global South is colonialism in its modern age. It is stealing the bones of people who are impoverished rural farmers and using them for decoration or for teaching. And she claims that she has the consent, but she does not, because those people were stolen after they were dead. They did not, they were not able to consent. And even they were, they claim it's from medical testing. A lot of people who donate their bodies to science, they donate to their bodies for science. And I feel like they should only be used for science, anthropology, or whatever studies would need human bones. I don't believe that they should be used for decoration. And you do not need a human bone as decoration. You can get carvings of human bones. Those are available. Okay, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just recap for a second, make sure mm -hmm. I have a good understanding on this. So people, A, find some kind of artistic pleasure in bones actual human existed inside of a body while this person was alive. Yeah, bones. it's usually things like skulls or spines or those kind of bones that are more like commonly known, like, yeah. Okay, that's horrifying all by itself, but okay. <laughs> and since there's no really legal avenue to get said bones in North America or- well, There is, there is. So there is a legal avenue to obtain bones I don't art. believe it should be legal, but it is legal. So, okay, but rather than doing that, they go to South Asia or just other parts of Asia no, and those, go get bones from there? No, those, what I'm referring to is those bones were taken way before in the 1980s by medical testing companies. They were taken mm. by those companies. And now that they are done being used for medical testing, those companies are selling them as Oh, okay. So they, 
the people purchasing them are purchasing them legally, but they were taken illegally by the people selling them. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm with you now. So, but how is that whole process legal then? Because if you're buying stolen items, you are, that's not a legal thing. Because that, that, I feel like that exists for other things. Like if you buy stolen diamonds, it's still like a thing. They can be taken from you. They can be seized from you. Uh, yes, but white people don't respect people of color. Okay, fair enough. You oh, know, like Lord. those companies. It's the same reason that like the British Museum still holds things that were taken illegally by colonizers. I hate that. And that's why a lot of people are talking about the ideas of repatriation where they are sent back or disposed of using traditional methods from where they were stolen. I, I despise that so much. Yeah, and the second argument was actually about religion. And I saw this post about like how straight Muslims are obsessed with how gay Muslims identify, blah, blah, blah. And one of the comments particularly irked me because it was like, it's so corrupt how colonizers changed our religion as in our being Islam. But Islam, not gonna call it homophobic, but there that, legacy started way before colonialism of the Arabias because Arabian colonial, colonialism by Europe, which they were specifically referencing, started in the 19th century. It would be impossible for them to change such a wide-spanning religion in that time. And all sources that I looked at said it happened around the 7th century during a mistranslation of a text. And they were very adamant on not believing that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, that's my thing. Well, I mean, that's that's fair. You know, when a person, people don't like to blame themselves or, you know, their kind. Like the same way we don't want to blame, you know, our country for mistakes made or North America doesn't like to blame itself for the issues it's created in the world. You know, nobody likes to blame themselves for something, right? That's fair. But no, I, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, homophobia within the... the the uh, context of Islam started because of white people. I think that's always kind of, it, 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 it's, it's the thing where culture and religion clash, right? When they yeah. coexist for so long, it may not be religious, but it's, it's cultural. Therefore, over time, it, it's almost as if it is religious. Yeah. And like, I don't know, something about it. It's like, because there is religions that have been changed due to colonialism, but those happened way before the 19th century. Like for South Asian religions and Hinduism and stuff like that. Hmm. The colonization of India started in the 16th century. That's well enough time to change a religion to fit your values. Yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, you sound like you had a fun time on the internet this week. I didn't. I was very pissed off about it. And I was, <laughs> it was just such a stressful day yesterday for me. This all happened yesterday? Yeah, both these arguments happened yesterday. Oh, good God. No, that's. That's a, that's a bit much. I, people generally, I, I wish they would just fact check themselves a little before talking. Yeah, even like for the entire bones thing, like I'm completely fine with people having animal bones. Like that's, okay, I get it. I've, I find I've, that kind of gross too, but okay. No, because I've seen some really cool things that thing that people have done with like snake bones. Okay. Where they lay them very nicely and it looks very nice. But then if you don't have a problem with, I suppose, so your issue is less the bones than it is the consent. Not only that, I just believe it should be illegal. Also, yeah, I feel like, because a lot of people in the comments of that original video where the girl's like, yeah, I don't get what a lot of people were like, I don't get why people are getting mad. I would love if my bones were used for this. And I'm like, those people don't consent for their bones to be used like that. 
And yeah, that's a major point of it. Consent. Why did you put a southern accent on that? Because white people don't understand what it's like to have your your culture be desecrated. No, yeah. A lot of white people do not have that comprehension of the idea of desecration, whether it be holy land or just of yourself. Like to have, they don't understand what it's like to have like your your ancestral ancestors' bodies be used so inappropriately. I think for me, I find that really, I don't know, gross because it almost feels like a violation. It definitely is. It's like, you know, it's mm. like how, you know, how those old fashioned, like colonial white people, they use American, indigenous Americans skulls as like, um, what's it called? Candles or whatever they would use them for candle holders, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, if someone was displaying my carcass on a wall, I would find that, especially if it was like a stranger, because I feel like it's one thing if it's like a friend or a parent, like, because <laughs> that feels less like it's displayed up as some kind of trophy and more like a commemoration of yeah, your life, I'd maybe. Be fine if it was like a museum or someone you know that had their written consent, but there's a different connotation be, there, yeah. To have it just be in some quirky white woman's house. Also, I, because I don't know, it feels the same to me as like, you know, in in movies when you see not actually not in movies. I I shouldn't okay, it, it's not I I've, I've seen this in movies as well, but like now that I'm actually thinking about it, it's it's a thing that according to our religion has happened. Um, basically, there's the story of one of our prophets. Yeah, uh, uh, one of our imams, sorry, um, Imam Hussein, I believe. Basically, they were in a war, and after he was killed, his body was like paraded around in front of like his wife and kids and like his clan, basically, the people that he was fighting with, all the women that were left behind, the men were all dead at this point. Um, and he just, it feels very similar to that to me. And I know this has nothing to do with the religious thing, it just, that's the story that popped into my head. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's like you're parading around a trophy and it, it feels very like you're taking away something from someone you're taking away like their honor or their dignity and that just for that reason I find it very weird very gross and all that bullshit so but yeah anyway <laughs> Um, I think we're going to move past that a little bit because mm-hmm. we made our feelings very clear. Uh, this week, we are going to be talking about books. Yeah? You know, yeah, books. We're going to be talking about the written word, hallucinations in the form of ink on trees, you know, as it has been described once by a Tumblr poster. Books um, and books. Books and books. We books. are going to be talking about dead trees and how they enrich our lives. And books. yeah, books. And yeah, books. we've got we've got authors, we got books, we got books to TV, we got books to film. We're covering all the avenues. Well, probably not all, but some of the avenues. Yeah, books and books and books and books. You know, there's there's people to books if we want to like do memoirs and biographies. And We're done. <laughs> okay. Oh man. Yes, books okay. and books and books and books. Books and books and books and books. Okay, so okay, let's start with authors. We'll go. We'll go in order. 
first I have on the list, and Tanra just probably never heard of this because I have it. She's okay. This author, and as far as I can tell, she's quite big in like I want to say Europe and England and all, but I haven't heard of her at all here. And the only reason I really knew her in like when I was growing up was because I forget what it's called, but you know the floating bookstore, like the boat that that's the bookstore that it goes around the world. Uh, no, I don't. But explain. Okay. Um. No. Okay. So basically, there's. I, I swear, I swear it's a real thing. I'm not making this up or anything. Um, there's basically, it's a boat, but it's a bookstore and you can, people live on it and it goes around the world and it sells books to people, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it stopped. It was here in Canada a couple of years ago and, or last year maybe, I don't know. Recently, and it, it came to Bahrain twice in the time that I was there. Once when I was really, really young and once when I was a little bit older. And my mom bought a bunch of these books for us because there's no such thing as public libraries in the Middle East at least where I lived. Um, and one of these authors that was really, really, really huge for me was Annie Blyton. She writes a lot of kids stories. She writes a lot of, she has a bunch of series that I cannot for the life of me remember, but I have these books in my home downstairs packed away in boxes because I've yet to buy bookshelves. Um, I promise we've only been in this house for a few months, but she is an amazing author. I mean, you know, she's up there with, like, in my opinion, like she's better, not better than, but like of equivalent greatness in the children's book space as Roald Dahl was next on our list but she's great mm -hmm. love her um I, I think it's a her I might be wrong it may and it may not be a female name I've it always is a, it, it is. It, it's a female it name right okay yes. love her um I'm more I'm like I can remember Roald Dahl more clearly in my head but and then was great she's got like it was called a secret seven I believe or the she wrote a lot of like children doing uh mystery shit like uh nancy drew type shit but better um she had seven kids who were like in this gang who went out and solved shit together cute i loved it i loved it i always wanted to be one of those kids uh -huh. ever since you brought up that point of there being no like public libraries i just looked it up uh countries without um the only thing that comes up when you search of like does the Middle East have public libraries, blah, blah, blah. Um, all the things that come up are like about like, you can visit the library of Alexandria. I'm like, that's not a public library. That's a heritage site. Like that's, <laughs> but yeah, apparently Pakistan doesn't have public libraries. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. That's so weird. Because no, Lahore is, honestly, yeah. No, because Lahore is known as the city of literature. <laughs> so what's happening in the city of literature? But Pakistan is known as the country who doesn't want its kids educated. So you got to balance that out somehow. <laughs> How'd you say that? Pakistan no, okay. after us. Oh, God. I, I need to stop. No, but yeah, it's something we take for granted here, you know, like public libraries and the access to the books. But yeah, when I lived over there, I had the one in my school. So there was a library in my school. And then there was a library in the, uh, we were real fancy country club that we used to be a part of. So yeah, there oh, was one. Uh, uh, Bahrain does have public libraries. It has the public library with 11 branches. No, it doesn't. It does. Let's see when they're opened. Is that new? Uh, I swear that wasn't a thing when I lived there. It opened in the early 1990s. Oh, fuck. You just, your parents lied to you. <laughs> I swear. What if they did? I mean, Manama Public Library. How does this work? Okay, let me see. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm actually searching this up now. What the fuck? 
fuck is this? Is it okay? But is it? In, do they have English books in there? Because you know, Arabic books would not have been useful to me. You lived in the Middle East and don't speak Arabic. So. I don't speak Arabic. I'm sorry. I went to a British school. They tried to half-assedly teach me the colors for six years. Okay, there's not much I could do. Why am I only getting reviews for restaurants on the site? Okay, whatever. It's fine. I'm gonna believe you when you say, but no, there isn't one on a public library. But I don't know. There's eleven I mean, branches. I, I I honestly don't know. The only libraries I ever had access to was the one in my school and the one in the country club. Because you are rich. Uh, yeah. To be fair, they were actually kind of racist. Only Canadians and um, English, like from England, passport holders were allowed entrance into that club. That's you were a colonizer. You were colonizing Bahrain. You brought homophobia with you to the Middle I East. I didn't bring homophobia with me. Okay, homophobia was instilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but now I'm friends with you. That's Bahrain, Bahrain Rodriguez <laughs> having libraries, 11 <laughs> libraries, which you know nothing about. I, I honestly, I don't. But yeah, there was a, the floating bookstore. I swear, I fucking, I forget what it's called. I used to dream of working there. My mom would be like, oh yeah, when you're like older and you graduate university, you can work for a year there. And I'm like, yeah, mom, with, with what money? I got to make an income. But yeah, that's the first one on the list. And enlightened. Then we have Roald Dahl, who is, Amazing. You've heard of Roald Dahl. I've heard of Roald Dahl. Everyone's heard yes. of Roald Dahl. I've read, best, his, I've read his books, yes. The best thing about Roald Dahl is that he hated children, but never had Just any some, success with his adult fiction. Well, not any success, but didn't have as much success with his adult fiction as he did his children's fiction, because he wrote really sadistic themes for children, and that's absolutely amazing to read for a five-year-old to read about how witches want to murder all kids and concoct a plan to poison them through candy. Turn them to mice, yeah and turn them into mice and then there's the one about uh matilda being the children being force-fed chocolate cake there's matilda where her parents quite literally abuse her and neglect her then there's james and the giant peach who's got uncle aunties right i think it's aunties aunties i don't know if he just has a giant peach and instead of finding solace in actual human friends he runs away from his aunt and decides to build a relationship and a connection in a home with a bunch of giant bugs. I mean, tell me that that would not be the most fascinating thing. It would be. And you also have the chocolate factory, which Chocolate's- tortures children mm-hmm. and has a bunch of slaves. <laughs> it's true. What was the other one? There was, oh my God. Oh, there was such a good one. There was Danny Saves the World, I believe, or Conquers the World. Oh God, that was so good. Okay, basically this this little boy and his dad live in like a trailer park and they kill, like they, 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 they literally live as, they live outside of society almost. They like kill for their food and they, and his father breaks his leg and I think at some point he might die. I might be making this a little big. In my head, but he definitely broke his leg. And father was like not able to contribute to this household for a while. So Danny had to take like the brunt of the housework, household and the work onto his shoulders. It was absolutely fascinating. I loved it. Um, oh my God. I'm looking up Roald Dahl right now because like I was trying to find that book you were talking about, nonsense. Uh, but <laughs> he wrote Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I knew. But it's such a good, Fantastic Mr. Fox is very interesting. I don't know if I've read that. I feel like I might have. It's there's a movie as well with Meryl Streep and George Clooney. 
No, I believe you. I just, I have no idea if I read really this or good. not. It's by Wes Anderson. But there's also The Lamb to the Slaughter, which Ingalls oh, Cott is such yes. a good short story. So good, so good, so good. And he wrote, he wrote something called The Boy or Boy. And I think it's, there, there's some truth based on that from his own childhood. And I don't know why, but I distinctly remember one story. And it was like two pages. I, but this is the only thing I remember from it, where he was like, he used to go to a boarding school and and teachers would make him like sit on a toilet seat in the winter and warm up the toilet seat for the teacher to come in and so the teacher didn't have to sit on a cold toilet seat and just honestly work I, I love that I love that he didn't and he was like this was and, and he framed it in such a wonderful way where he was like no this was a wonderful thing for me because I got to catch up on my reading by sitting on this toilet seat for half an hour at a stretch and I was like this is amazing I love this this is gorgeous uh, yeah, that's that's fun for him. Uh, next is another children's author that I just added to the list, whom Dr. Seuss. The reason that I just added Dr. Seuss is because you reminded me of his failed adult literature career. <laughs> if you know, his first book he wrote and published was The Seven Lady Godivas, and that was for adults, but nobody bought it. Literally nobody bought it. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> and uh, then he went into writing rhymes for children. And being racist. Which he was very successful at both. He was very successful at both of those things. I would. I feel like his racism is less successful. Everyone forgot about it. But most people do. Most people remember it now because they brought this was brought to our attention. Okay, but I I always wonder at this kind of thing. Are we supposed to stop enjoying a person's work because the person themselves is distasteful? Like, is that our responsibility as a moral person? I feel like it depends. Because, for example, uh, I don't know. Michael Jackson had some controversy surrounding him, I believe, uh-huh. at some point, because he went, yes. like, he tried, he was, he, he tried to change his skin color. I don't know that, if he succeeded. That was, that was not his controversy. Well, not his, but. Okay, there was other controversy too, but that's he did that like for the medical reasons. Why are you? Why are that you was bullying? medical reasons. Why are you bullying a man with um, what's it called? Can't remember what it's called. Uh, vitiligo. Yeah. Why are you bullying a man with vitiligo? I didn't know that. Okay, I didn't know that. That's my bad. This is okay. I need to stop like relying on things people told me as a child. Um, no, but yeah, he had a bunch of controversy surrounding him. Anyways, I know this. I feel like. Am I he wrong? was a pedophile. That's the big one. That's okay. There we go. Are we supposed to stop enjoying his music? I feel like it's a matter of death, of life and death, where if they're still living, profiting, and doing things for that, then I feel like that's iffy. Like Jacob Rowling, she's still profiting on Harry Potter, so I'm not subscribing to that. But for people like Rodol or Dr. Seuss or Michael Jackson, even, they are dead. And their current estates are doing very good things with profits from that. So I don't see any issue with that. I guess it's fair. It's a fair way of looking at it. Because I would, if, if I'm now supposed to not enjoy Green Eggs and Ham, I'm going to be very upset because that was my beloved childhood book. Well, yeah, and you're not supposed to enjoy ham. You're Muslim. Well, I can enjoy the thought of it, okay? That's not going to do anything. You're not a very good Muslim, are you? No, no, I'm not. We've already established this previously in the podcast. Yeah, we did. Okay, next on the list, we have a nicer author, one who is less controversial. I don't think he's had any controversies. 
uh, one who writes hijabi characters who believe in the Norse gods. <laughs> yeah, that's a complicated, that's a complicated situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is the one, the only, the uncle of all of our lives, Rick Riordan. Mm -hmm. Richard. Yeah, if 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 you didn't get that, it's the the fandom calls him Uncle Rick, so he's like the uncle of all of us. It's like yeah, a, and that's kind of weird, but yeah, we're gonna go on. But he's the only like warm and fuzzy author out there at the moment. There are there. Okay. I mean, not tell at, you. Not 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 at the moment, but like when J.K. Rowling was doing her thing, she was the only. He was he was kind of he was one of the few initially that did the whole diversity thing without being asked. Like he kind yeah. of spearheaded that I feel yes he did because he did write it he wrote the books for his child who su like who suffered from ADHD I believe I, yeah. I could be wrong there was something but I'm, I'm fairly I'm, sure it was ADHD I don't know I think it was dyslexia because all the characters have dyslexia in that it might be dyslexia it might yeah, be both literally actually. every character has dyslexia in that entire thing that's he he wrote it in whereas like if you were a demigod because you were a brain is hardwired for Greek you can't read English which is a fun way of looking at it, I suppose, like more as a superpower than anything just else. Just can't read English. <laughs> no, but that was really you cannot okay. learn any languages. Oh, stop, don't be mean. You can learn the language, you just can't read it. It's the opposite you of my problem with Greek. Arabic. You could only know ancient Greek. No, but he wrote the books with the explicit purpose of trying to show his son that it was good, right? So he kind of spearheaded that whole thing. And then so when J.K. Rowling turned out to be an asshole, um everyone was like look at this guy he's great and now we have a bunch more authors doing that in that space so it's nice yeah richard i i don't know did you how 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 long did you keep up with the percy jackson series show? uh like a couple books and did you finish the first series i didn't finish it girl okay i finished the first series i finished the second series i started some of the other series like i got a book in with the Magnus Chase one. I got a book in with the Trials of Apollo one. I got a book in with, no, that was it. And then I read the Kane Chronicles as well. So. Yeah, the Kane Chronicles, that one. I I kind of wish he had expanded with the Kane Chronicles, but I see why he went the other way because Percy Jackson is just more profitable. Um, mm -hmm. Percy Ray Jepsen. But he was great. Okay, okay, okay. Favorite character from the Percy Jackson books, go. Okay, Medusa, obviously. Bitch. Give me like a character. Uh, Chiron. Really? Yeah. He always kind of, I kind of wish he'd been more, I trained her Heracles kind of image for it's, us. It's Heracles. I thought it was Heracles. It's Heracles. Like Heracles? No, it's Heracles, really? Yes. Fuck, bro. I'm, I'm not having a good day. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. Didn't you not know how to pronounce Aristotle in like Greek philosophy? <laughs> you, you mispronounced Aristotle or Sophocles or one of them. Like one of those ancient Greeks, you mispronounced your names. Stop it! Don't embarrass me. I do it to myself enough. Oh my god. I already embarrassed myself. No, no, I'm just remembering that remember. like in class when you said it, it means me and playing. We're like, uh. I, yeah, I think I said Aristotle or something for a second. Because I wasn't um, thinking, I wasn't thinking, so I was just like saying something. It's Aristotle. I know it's Aristotle. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I can't pronounce things. Uh, I am a because your well brain is hardwired for ancient Greek. I will. 
Preach, preach. Oh god. I'm a yeah, did you did you see the new cast speaker. that has been revealed for Oh my god, Jesse yes. Rocky? Okay. We're going to get to that because we do have the books to TV thing, but okay. I have I have things to say about that and I will get to it, but Okay, hmm. we'll wait. We'll wait. Go away. Okay. Yeah, so that's Richard. Uncle Rick, Rick is so wholesome. I love it. Next we have Rick Rolling. Avadi Kadivi. Where'd it go? Avadi Kadivi. Avadi Kadivi. Avadi Kadivi. Yes. Did she make money off of that? No, right? Off of that that sound bite? She wouldn't. No. Because it's not hers. Because I know that she gets royalties from the movies, but if you get the sound clip from the movie. Because someone made that noise themselves and then they posted it. Oh, I thought that was a sound clip from the movie that was. um, No. Paced up. What's, what's no, some, someone made that noise themselves. Okay, then then we're good. I hope that person is getting royalties off of that sound. They're, they're probably they're not. not. They're TikTok. not. No, I got it. They're not. Um, but yeah, J.K. Rowling is not not our fave. She's not in. It's not the vibe. She had yeah. all this opportunity to make Remus gay. Okay. Which would which would also have been bad because he was also kind of like a stereotype for like he was a he, metaphor he was for AIDS. Have AIDS. So uh making him gay would have been bad, but like also everyone shipped him as serious. So I don't I don't know what the rules uh, are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is that is Miss Jeff Rowling with Harry Potter. Okay. Next we have a classic author. <laughs> he is shaking him spears, which is not a proper battle practice. <laughs> don't shake spears. We have William Shakespeare and his wife, Anne Hathaway. (laughs) Oh, God. No, okay. I have a bone to pick with people concerning Shakespeare. (laughs) Because people are like, he's racist when they read shit like Merchant of Venice. Or when they read other stuff or they're like he's so he's so you know he was so ahead of his time with the 12th night thing was it 12th night it was 12th night right where they switch where the yeah, girl that was... pretends that's viola switching yes that's okay. yeah, yeah it's so funny. It was, and it's like no he wasn't really ahead of his time because at the time it was barely common for men to be playing women and women to be playing men well not only men to be playing women only men just, are allowed it was just theater. men men playing women um so i feel like that's not too hard to go and also i think i don't think we can call someone that was just sort of like going with the flow of the the the, the social climate at that time like i mean we can but is it right to be like this guy was racist when he was kind of just following the social climate because it might turn I feel out like he was racist his work still has merit but he was racist but can we, everyone was i don't think there's a because i think Okay, no, because in my opinion, he not was that racist. he wasn't racist. He was racist, but he, it's not worth pointing out. Hmm. Because I feel like it, it's one thing for us to judge people that exist today with the social norms that we have today. But if we try to go back hundreds of years and are like, this dude was a bad dude because he doesn't follow the social climate of today. I feel like that's just stupidity. Oh, yeah, that reminds me of the, do you know how Stranger Things is back? 
Yes. I haven't watched I enough spoilers. But like there's that entire trend. And people are like, there's that trend on TikTok where it's like, what I think the Stranger Things cast would do if I asked them for their pronouns. Or like Stranger Things characters would do if I asked them for their pronouns. And like it's all like, oh yeah, Nancy would be like, she's a thanks for asking or whatever. And then, uh people fairly often forget that that show takes place in rural and not rural in suburban Indiana in the 1980s mm-hmm. all those all those bitches were saying fagatron <gasps> they would have if they wanted to be realistic all those kids would have been using those words but yeah but that's my whole like thing with this because like even now okay like people like say for example my my grandparents or you know people from like the generation like my parents generation and older they don't get all of the PC stuff they don't get all of the they, they they have good intentions they never mean any malice by the things that they say and they're not attempting to you know be bigoted but they don't fully understand it they don't fully comprehend it and to then call them bigoted or racist or homophobic when that's not their intention it just seems so wrong to me you know and then we go back and do it to Shakespeare who existed well before my grandma was alive and it's just like why are we now choosing to like or dislike a piece of work or a piece of art or a piece of music based on like and judging it with a social climate that they had no understanding of at the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah i like shakespeare i don't i i like shakespeare a lot more once we were reading him with like a little bit of a translation because trying to understand the way that the old English, so to speak, is very hard and not worth anybody's time, in my opinion. The one thing about Shakespeare being taught in high school that I disagree with is that I remember in ninth grade, we were getting the entire justification of why Shakespeare is still taught. And one of them is that it makes foreign languages easier to learn. And I'm like, yeah, but I feel like it's more useful for them to actually teach foreign languages Mm -hmm. than using a piece of old English literature to teach us old English, which is not spoken. I think what we found really helpful was when, like, because there are really good lessons and really good themes to be understood from that, and it's a really good medium to learn, I think. Mm-hmm. Play writing, it's, it's, it's a good, because if you're going to, you know, study novels and you're going to study poetry, you should, like, that's just a natural progression of the type of mediums to study. Um, but it doesn't make sense to just read the book top to bottom or read the play talks from because you're not going to understand anything. It, it makes more sense to sort of look at the medium, understand the medium, and then explore themes, right? Get the gist mm-hmm. of the story and then explore themes. Like explore, I don't know, explore this anti-Semitism. Explore, fuck, what other themes did he have in his book? You know, the, drag. Explore drag. Killing, explore you, the, killing yourself as a teenager because your love can't be with you. Um. Okay, yeah, I, I meant I meant more broad. Uh, hanging out with witches, three witches, and then trying to kill the king. And like explore the genres because he was revolutionary for his time with the kind of work that he did with genres. How he wrote tragedies, you know. If you look at Hamlet, how he wrote comedies. If you look at Midsummer, you can. I feel like Midsummer is a comedy, right? I think it is. Yes. I, I don't know if it's like a mix between the two because it is a little tragic, but not he also, in a. He also wrote histories. Julius Caesar. That's not uh, a history. That was that a tragedy. A His histories would be like George, the Richard the Fifth. Why isn't Julius Caesar? It was true for the most part, was it not? Uh, no, no, no. Am I confusing them? 
I might be confusing. It's been a minute since I've like looked at Shakespeare's work. He also wrote Antony and Cleopatra. Oh, I knew, oh yeah, that might be the one that I'm confusing it with. Antony and Cleopatra was a romance. To be fair, it was a similar time period-ish for the all of the. Okay, it's fine. I'm, I'm not going to justify my stupidity. It's okay. We're all done. Oh yeah, Othello. We we watched these in theater. Mm-hmm. Like not at the movie theater in like an actual play <laughs> theater. <laughs> I didn't get to come for those. Oh, so you didn't? Oh, okay. Well, I, I had to them. work. I watched Caesar, and then I also watched Othello. I was out here pulling my nine to five. I couldn't go to Stratford. Well, I went to Stratford, and I got to watch the theater. Fuck you. And have fun. Um, but yeah, I, I like exploring the medium makes sense. Exploring the themes makes sense. Exploring him as an author and why he still prevails today makes sense. Mm-hmm. Reading the play top to bottom exactly the way that it was written does not make sense to me. It doesn't. And if you're going to do that, do it in a drama class, not an English class. Mm. So I'm here to learn English. And uh, while it is a dialect of English, it's not one that's used anymore. Yeah. It's the same way that if we wouldn't read something that is slang. Mm. Like, we, like that Shakespeare was slang of the time. It was. It's all comedy and dick jokes. That's that's what Shakespeare is at its bare bones. So I feel like we shouldn't be reading it for the purpose of literature. We can read it for thematic interpretations or whatever. But I feel like it is just like it is casual. Yes. No, that's fair. And I mean, there's nothing... I mean, I, I don't believe there's anything wrong with studying slang. Like, I honestly hope that, you know... 10 years from now they're studying fan fiction class or something like that because it helps mm. to understand no because i it's such a big part of like the maybe not progression of media maybe oh, not fine, 10 15 years. 20 whatever you want no 50 years is when i think they should no i because i feel like studying the way that literature because it's not enough to just study the work you have to study how it affects people how how audiences responded to it okay and would you consider um things to be um would you consider things to be fan fiction of the bible like dante yeah there's an argument to be made i was going to make that argument in my capstone paper but that felt like a bit much it was yeah it definitely was <laughs> i i was going to i was going to be like if you if you really want to dissect this fan fiction has been written all across the country you want to look at the new testament but i i didn't do you um, know what the new testament is if you would be willing to I feel like you could that. make the argument. I, I I know it's a stretch, and I wasn't actually gonna do that. I was kidding, but I feel like you could make the argument because it takes the it takes the old one and it kind of transforms it. Which no, essence, the, no, it, it takes, doesn't. It, it, it sort of it expands on it. No, it doesn't. It, it it's a continuation. It doesn't it doesn't change what was already written. It expands then rather than yeah, transforms. The Old Testament is pre Jesus, mm. and then the New Testament is written after Jesus. Okay, my mistake. It expands, not transforms. Also, fan fiction. By the way, I don't think it is. It's, yes, if, it's no, brand, there are it, so many fan fiction writers write epilogues and you know AUs or 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 just existing canonic things of the, like the twenty New years Te- from now. No, the New Testament was written, quote unquote, by the original author, so it's not not fan fiction. Fair enough. Again, but I feel like saying God. You know, did, did someone else put it on paper? 
So you think that if someone is scribing something that they're not truly writing it? No, I I don't know. Again, so would you not, consider the Quran not, fan fiction? Okay, okay, okay. If you want to make this, you could say that the Bible is fan fiction of the Torah and that the Quran is fan fiction of the Bible. <laughs> I'm not saying that you And that's on Sanya, not respecting world religions. No, th- this is this is legitimately what we're taught, by the way. This is legitimately what in Islam we're taught. We're taught, taught that, that God. No, no. I'm putting I'm I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But we are legitimately taught that this was God trying the first time, trying the second time, and saying, oh, the third time is gonna be the charm. Yeah. Which, that, that. Yes, I guess that it's a part one, part two, part three, but since different prophets were receiving it and writing it down, there is an argument to be made. I feel like that's more a collection of works, would it not be? Like, there is collections of work where it's multiple authors writing one thing. Look, it's a stretch. I fully agree. It's It's a stretch stretch. and you are in yoga class. I agree it's a stretch, which is why I didn't put in my capstone paper, because most likely someone on that panel judging me would have been religious to some extent um, and been very offended by those words. But yes, you could say, you could make that stretch, is all I'm going to say, is all I'm going to say. And we should move on real quick before I get myself into any more hot water. Speaking of hot water, our next our next c- competitor is Stephanie Myers, who I competitor. Hate. Are we rating them? I don't know. We're not. I'm just. I just need a word to introduce her. Okay. Um, but yeah, Stephanie Myers, and I just like her. She had a unique style of writing. She did, but one, she made vampires Mormon, which is so criminal. Fair. I her okay so I remember when I was like reading these books back when I was like 11 12 years old after they had already been popular and I was like you know what let me jump on this train let me jump on this bandwagon people were like oh they're horrible they're absolutely terrible the writing is terrible this is terrible the world building stuff everything is terrible and you I read the books they're not terrible to read like you're it's not an agonizing reader oh yeah I, I get that completely I'm just saying that vampires should never be Mormon why never because Mormonism simply is not a religion that should be associated with vampires. That's fair. Um, like, not that's not out of respect to Mormonism. That's out of respect to vampires. Vampires are too good to be Mormon. No, because Mormonism is so like modern or like modern, but like a vampiricism, I feel like should be only associated with things Victorian or earlier. Those. The aesthetic is much nicer when it's like that. Like, yeah, the blue filter was very cult classic-y for Twilight. It, it did what it was supposed to do for the franchise, but the aesthetic is always better when it's Victorian, or even if it's set in modern, but they feel older. Like, they feel... Yeah, like, that's the thing with, like, um, what we do in the shadows. We discussed this in the vampire episode, where they are, like, historic beings, and they're kind of, like, still... <laughs> they still talk like a bit weird and they like dress like their, their time period or like mm-hmm. uh-huh, and they don't know technology because I totally get you know vampires that would move forward with time 
or vampires that would stagnate in time. Like I get both ends of that, but there's also, it's a spectrum, right? It's not one or the other. Like you're either stuck, you know, being the knight from the 12th century or you're, you're, you know, up there and a hacker for cyber, cyber crime. Like it doesn't have to be one or the other. It, there's probably a midline where, you know, you confuse slang or you are able to use a phone, but not a computer or I don't think, I don't think that would be a thing, but it could be. Or, no, because I'm. Is it okay if I say one of the plot lines for the um, what, what we do in the shadows? Yeah, so, yeah, okay. Okay, one of the vampires is trying to learn how to use email. Okay. And, um, well, while they're learning email, they get one of those spam emails where it's like, "We're gonna kill you in ten days," or like, "We're gonna kill you like in a day," and like all the other vampires like see it and they're like, "Oh my god." And they're like, human isn't there to explain to them that's spam. And they're like, oh my God, they're going to come after us. It's a vampire hunter. They're going to come after us. And they're, they're just panicking the entire day until the human gets back. And they're like, no, that's not, that's not what's happening. Oh, man. But yeah, I feel like, I don't know, Stephanie Myers, she, they felt, they didn't feel like vampires. None of them felt like vampires, and the blue light filter helped, you know, it helped us feel more, vamp- like, it, it helped give the I aesthetic. I feel like if the story could have been told the exact same using, like, elves, I think they could have made it, like, an elven fiction. <laughs> like, imagine. <laughs> These are the hands of a toy maker. <laughs> Oh God, 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 oh God. I'm just, I'm picturing that. I'm picturing that and it's gorgeous. Giving birth to a half elf baby. Love that. Yeah. But then there's no element of living forever. Elves can live forever. You don't know this. She was writing, she was, Stephanie Meyer was writing her own lore for vampirism. She can do the same thing for elven. But I don't think you can are. become an elf. So like that whole arc for Bella would not have existed. It I, wouldn't. I, you and, would have yeah. to be born. Unless she's flipping the lore where like you ingest enough blood and it transforms you. Or that they have like the stealth that can turn you into an elf. Yeah. So unless she's flipping the lore some way, it, as far as I understand, all of the lore I've ever read about elves is you have to be born into it. Mm-hmm. It's very much like Jewism. Jewism. Ju- Ju- Judaism. <laughs> Judaism. <laughs> Okay, okay, I swear I have an excuse for the way I swear I have an excuse for the way I'm behaving, okay? I had to certify many checks today. It was it was a lot. My brain is Oh not- yeah, you work in a bank. Okay, yeah. We okay, but use- my brain is not participating. Do and you know you how many know, checks that was? And now you don't, don't know how to say Judaism. <laughs> no, because I was it was thirty checks for like millions of dollars and I was terrified. All my brain power went into being You just put one into your pocket. <laughs> oh God. <clears throat> That's absolutely you, like, not how that works. No, like you changed, you got an eraser, changed the name on the line. It was typed in, dumbass. Well, <laughs> that's your problem. <laughs> Bro, this man like shows up and he hands me like 30 checks and he's trying to make conversation with me while I'm inputting these checks into the database. And I'm sitting here like, bro, I can either get this right or have a conversation with you. I cannot do both. Mm-hmm. He's like, are you, you brown? He, he literally, he was like, you brown? I was like, are you not a lawyer? I feel like you should be more eloquent than this, but okay. You have to save your eloquence. 
I don't think that's a thing. You don't have to save your eloquence. That's your duty. You can't always be talking professional. You have to like convert. So you don't have to talk professional, but you should be able to grammatically put a sentence together. Yeah, but still, like, you know, like he people. Pointed. About... He pointed. I was like, you brown. I was like, oh, uh, what part of me gave it away, sir? Was it okay. perhaps the color of my skin? The brown that you refer to? Well, okay. He doesn't know what kind of brown you are. Uh, yeah, oh, that was the second back. question. Let's, let's get back to Stephanie Myers. Uh, I don't like her because she used the image of a, an indigenous tribe, and mm. that tribe is not received a penny of her prophets. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of... She's on the edge. Like, she would be the, the next J.K. Rowling, but she kind of, like, dropped off the face of the earth. She didn't She didn't support any claims or de- deny any claims, so that's helped her out with the image a little bit. It's helped Twilight not be as rebuffed. Because J.K. Rowling was like, no, I'm a transphobe and a homophobe. Like, you didn't need to do that bit. But yeah. Stephanie Meyer learned... When she was tweeting about how Dobby has 12-inch cock. Dobby just wants to make you feel good. <laughs> you know that Dobby's a model for Gucci now, right? He is what? He's a model for Gucci. He is not. He was in the Chippendale movie. Holy fucking shit. He's a model for Gucci. That is insane. That mm-hmm. is insane. Okay, our next author is Alpadroshi, mm-hmm. which I'm guessing you don't know. I've heard of her. She yes. right. She has like a children's series, right? No. No? Not for kids. Yeah. She she's the one who wrote the henna artist. Oh, I'm confusing her with someone else. Okay. Yeah. I just I don't know. I really like having a brown woman on the list. Of as, all as white people. Should. As you the should. rest of the people on this list were white people, and I just need to add someone. Give me a uh, second, yeah. I'll come up with someone. I've read a couple. I, yes, I... but Alpha Joshi was a very is a very good author. I've read The Hen Artist. I'm going to be reading her next book. What's and the next her, book? Uh, the Secret Keeper of Jaipur. Ooh, love that. Yeah, very good books. You got nothing more to say. There's nothing bad to say. No, because I want to force you to read it, and I don't want to spoil it. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm, I will. It's on the list, I swear. I'm currently reading uh, Song of Achilles, and that's good. They just got to the part where they're giving each other hand jobs, so I'm, I'm having a good time. Don't look at me like that. You were not scandalized by a hand job. Oh my god. Okay. Next. Uh, okay. Now we have specific books that we're going to be talking about. So first on the list we have all the Kiyoshi books, which Tanra here is an expert on. Yes, I recently read them, both them, and they're pretty good. They were. They were very YA, and yeah. Yeah. That's my opinion. All right, short and sweet and to the point. Love it. I am not like that. So get ready for a rant. Um, okay, so the next book I have on this list is one of my all-time, perhaps the best book I have ever written, read, written, read, perhaps the best book I've ever had. Like, okay, it is definitely, definitely one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life. It's called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And the only reason I didn't put that off on the list is because I've not read a single other book by her because I don't find the contemporary, I don't find contemporary fiction very alluring, but Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is amazing. So it basically, in a nutshell, um, 
the story is written as Evelyn Hugo is, you know, a huge, huge, huge Hollywood star. Like she's aging. She's aged out of Hollywood now. She's just like, like she's just a very, very famous person. Think Marilyn Monroe. Um, And over the course of her life, she had seven husbands. And so she hires a journalist. She picks a specific journalist and asks her to write the story of her life as she tells it. And so she does in the, like, she tells it as, as if each part of her life is documented by each husband. So husband number one, husband number two, three, four, five, and six, seven, whatever. Um, not to give you any spoilers, but she ain't fully straight. She a bit fruity. She a bit fruity. And I don't know. It was just, it's a very character-driven story. It's, it's absolutely amazing in the way that it was written like in the way that the characters were written, I'll give the author that she's known for writing really, really compelling characters that feel real. They feel two, they feel three dimensional rather than they don't feel two dimensional, and they definitely feel autonomous because a lot of times characters in a story don't feel like they're making their own decisions. Like the plot is moving them forward rather than that they are moving the plot forward. But these characters felt very, very autonomous, and there's just. There's also what I love in books is when a lot of moving parts are working, but you don't see them working until you get to the grand finale where like all the moving parts finally like click together and the cogs finally move in one in in one motion. And that happens in this book. I won't spoil it because I want all of you to read it. And I want Miss Evelyn Hugo, who knew she had great tits and used them to get everywhere in the world deserves all of the attention. She deserves all of the attention, so go give it to her. Oh, okay, I'm done. Are the seven husbands at all related to the seven dwarves? No. <laughs> um, was there an abusive dwarf? Uh, no. Then there no. was angry. There was grumpy, actually. Uh, no. She had a knack for, like, getting into really toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. Often, but I, I will give her this, over, like, starting I want to say husband three or four she learned how to be the toxic person in the relationship rather than be the person who had to put up with the toxic person I feel like that's character growth going from like facing the toxicness to being the toxicness that's okay so looking up the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo um the next thing that though one of the suggested things is the seven deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle yes is that I have it on the list no it's not I thought it was but it's not, as far as I can tell. Are they about seven, um, eleven? I don't know. It's it's on my list. I haven't read it yet. Do you think that the name Seven and having a El- Evelyn in the title is related to Seven Eleven? Not. No. Why are you asking me these questions? I don't know. It's your book. I'm gonna question you about it. It's adorable. It's it's. I love it. It is honestly such a good book and if I can give you any better endorsement one of my friends who does not read she does not read fiction read this book and absolutely loved it and now is begging me for more like it but honestly I've not come across another book that is similar to what I got from this book so I have to wait till I find one mm-hmm. it's really really good it's really 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 good like will change your life good like, I couldn't stop talking about this book for almost two years, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm done. You can go to your book now. Thank you. Okay. Next, we have The Iron Widow by Siran Shei Zhao. They are a nine-runner author of Chinese descent, 
and it's a very good book very good would recommend it to all of you it's very good it takes place in a techno techno apocalyptic version of china and it is kind of a retelling of the story of an ancient of a chinese empress okay i have it on the list i'm moving it up to a lot higher on the list now okay i have a copy if you want to borrow you may not get it back like for a while i want it back no, you will get it back eventually, but like considering I have like a stack of 15 books on the on the floor right now that I have to get through that the library is going to demand back to me soon. Um, it may take me a second. Yeah, you can you can take it when you want. You don't have to take it right now. You can just take it when you want to read it. But I just like take it right now and give it back to you next year. Is that okay? No. He calls himself my friend. And yeah, next we have We Hunt the Flame, which is a book I'm reading right now based off era of mythology and things about this book i don't know i'm reading it it's pretty good except there's this like storyline that keeps on dragging and i'm like oh just get to the fun part already (laughs) oh goodness yes i don't care about your i don't care about how you're because there's two storylines in this book one about the huntress and one about the prince of death the mm-hmm. Prince of Death storyline is is the one I'm more interested in, and the mm-hmm. Huntress. Like I was really interested in, in her at the beginning, but like I don't know, it's just kind of dragging a bit. And I think it's gonna get better, like a lot better. I'm holding it out. Yeah, I like it. That's that's the thing I hate about dual perspectives because if you like one more than the other one, it feels like such a drag to get through the one that you don't like. Yeah, especially since the one that I'm like kind of kind of not enjoying right now is the main character got like, it yeah and she's like the primary antagonist yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing at least with like a single perspective if you don't like it then you're like okay I'm not gonna like this book you can put it down and move on with your life but with a dual uh-huh. perspective where you do like one of them it's like okay it's fine 10 more pages and I get to the one I like 10 yeah. more pages and the reason that I like it is because the reason that I like the Prince of Death storyline is because he reminds me a lot of Zuko and Azula, but as like ah, one person. As one person. Yeah, because he's basically someone who is like raised by the Sultan to be like an assassin. Mm-hmm. And like his dad's very mean to him a lot. And I don't know, something about as that. As dads should be. Dads have every prerogative to be assholes to you. Um I'm kidding. I, my dad is great. Love and also him. and also the princess mommy issues. So I'll that's very, mommy. that's very Zuko. And I gotta very, take it back. I gotta take it it's back. It's very Zuko and very Azula <laughs> to have that. No, yeah, that, that sounds like a fun, very angsty character. And sometimes you need that. I've been reading a lot of yeah. torture fics recently, and I don't know that that's good for my Why are you always talking about torture? <laughs> no, because, okay, so The Witcher um, is originally based off of a series of books. And basically, in the second book, no, sorry, and I haven't read the books. I'll get around to reading the books, so I don't think I'm going to enjoy it as much as the fan fiction at this point. This is why I can't, I can't like watch a show and then read the books because you never enjoy the books as much as you enjoy like the fan content coming out of a show. But um, basically, one of the characters is like a strong, you know, big bulky can protect himself, Witcher, and the other is a Witcher is basically like a super soldier. Think Bucky, um, and then you have Yaskier, who's a bard. He's just, he sings, and he can't protect himself, and so when he gets tortured, it's just, 
the most delicious, delicious, delicious trope. Because he gets tortured and then Geralt, super soldier who has no feelings, finds him and is like, oh my God, this is my fault. And so he like does the whole self-blame thing. And the self-blame thing is the most delicious trope in the world. Uh, anybody can say anything to me about anything, but self-blame and like crawling in yourself to like feel guilty about something that's not actually your fault and not talking to anybody about it while extremely unhealthy and don't do that in real life is a delicious thing to read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Good for me. I it is good for me. I'm enjoying myself. Next I should have... read. Huh. Okay. No, no, go for it. Okay, next we have the quote unquote classics, which we all know them. We sometimes love them. The books we are forced to read in English class. Some of them are really good though. Um, some of them are very good. Like I love the Great Gatsby. I love some of the Shakespeare. I love some of the other books we've read. I love some other books that are considered classics, like Alice in Wonderland's pick that. Is Alice in Wonderland considered a classic? Yes, yes. Interesting. Uh, Catcher in the Rye was good. Didn't love Catcher in the Rye. Um, uh, one of the ones that I hated was what's Lord of the Flies? Absolutely hate it. Oh God. And the fact that he like it's written to be something that's not accurate to any of the psychology that would go behind children left on an island like that like it's not it's very it's very presumptuous of how children would act and it's very it's it doesn't give kids enough credit honestly yeah because I feel like honestly kids are probably the most loyal creatures more loyal than people because they don't have a lot of that selfish um, yeah, I feel like the kids I'm in it for would, myself situation. They I don't have the kids would start to work with each other. They wouldn't be so divisive, and so and they also they would, don't have. Feel, they would be violent, but I don't think they would be that violent. Right, and I I also think kids don't have that need to prove themselves better than each other all the time. There is like a a playful aspect to it, but it's not as cutthroat as adults can be. And mm-hmm. I feel, because there was a lot of that in the book where, like, they had to prove they were better than each other and everything, which is why the two gangs split up, right? Am I remembering yeah. this book right? Yeah, which mm-hmm. is why all of that happened, which I don't think is true, because, like, if and one also, person found... can I just, can I just say, if the fucking choir boy tried to step up to me, I would punch him. Like, why is the choir boy the one who's all like, oh, macho? I'm like, you're singing in the choir, you're probably, like, a soprano. Like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> Oh my no. goodness. Yeah. Classics that are good though. I really enjoyed Little Women and Good mm-hmm. Wives. Uh, good Wives is a sequel to Little Women. Both of those books are really, really good. Um, it's a really sort of accurate, I feel like it's an accurate grab of the different kinds of personalities that exist. How like it, it, it accurately depicts that women aren't just one kind of thing, which is really fun to read as my as, as a classic because you always grow up to be like not grow up but you always assume classics to just not be as progressive as they should but then you you see things like Pride and Prejudice and you read things like Little Women and you're like no these women these women that were writing books had all of the progressiveness that they needed it's just you know men took a hot second to catch up sorry no offense uh-huh. and another classic that that I want to bring up is um the Mahabharata Okay. Yes. Do you know who that is? Or do you have to explain? No, not exactly. Okay, it's the longest epic ever written. It's an epic poem from ancient India, one of the best preserved epics of the time, mm-hmm. because Hinduism is still a religion that keeps up, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I recently been getting into reading it. 
and I feel like it would be, I don't know if this is sacrilegious to say, but I feel like it would be a really good show. Like a really good animation show. I don't think so. Hindu Hinduism does that a lot. I like I, I growing up I watched a lot of like depictions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, we had like Indian channels, okay? Um I I watched a lot of depictions of like your classic Krishna. Um I know, but those Anuman. ones are for kids. Those ones are for kids. So you mean this to be like an HBO Max situation? No, not like that. Like, <laughs> do you know how there is the like there's the Indian soaps that are based off the Mahabharata. There is Indian soaps based off it. I don't actually know what the Mahabharata is about. It's it's an ancient epic. But like, what what is the story? I only know the first story, which is about Ganga drowning a bunch of kids. What Indian soap is based off of that? Well, that's just the first chapter. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, but there's an Indian soap. There's a couple based off the Mahabharata, and I feel like if they try, if they did that, because like. I'm gonna be honest if you look them up like it kind of looks a bit goofy like with the costuming and like the magic that they're doing it looks a bit goofy you can't get like good but I feel like it'd be really good in animation oh I think I know what you're talking about okay 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 I'm with you now I don't watch those I'm not a fan of those but yes I, I know what you're talking about okay I'm yeah I feel like that would be a really good thing to do because someone I this because I thought someone saying that the bible would be the best anime <gasps> No, 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 no. That's you not don't true. think? No, I don't think so. You don't? Why not? Explain. I I feel like Hinduism specifically is based in storytelling. Yeah, I feel like Hinduism, the Mahabharata, would be much better as like. Yeah. The, yeah, I feel like the Bible would be interesting though. Like it would be. It wouldn't be the best, but I feel like it would be interesting. Yeah, that's fair. Because all of them have stories that are really good. Um, but I think because of Hinduism was primarily, if I'm not wrong, like not primarily, but a lot of it is oral, like you pass stories down, which means yeah. that just the storytelling aspect of it is really big. Yeah, Hinduism has much better stories than a lot of other religions. Yeah, and also they've done a lot of it, a lot of their stories are in like a song context, which means that like, I feel like that just fits in the world of like a show much better. Like, yeah. so you, like you know, so- I would definitely watch the Bible as like an anime though. No, I, I, would. I would watch it. I would watch I it. I would watch it just to see what's happening. <laughs> like there would be like I would Jesus. absolutely watch it. Also, I, I wish that that was more a thing where like we put because I don't think it's sacrilegious. It's so it's much it's such a fun way to take in the learning. No, because you know how like um have you watched 21 Jump Street? No. Okay, so Vietnamese Jesus in 21 Jump Street is no, it's Korean Jesus. Korean Jesus in 21 Jump, because 21 Jump Street has their headquarters in a abandoned Korean church. As and they basically should. they have a statue of Jesus that's like at the front on a cross, obviously, as one does in a church. Mm-hmm. And the, the Korean Jesus is buff, like really muscular. The, final, the Last Supper was protein powder. I just started sex education and someone came into Eric's room and was like, why is your Jesus buff? I'm attracted to him. And I just, I lost my shit. I lost oh, yeah, my cause shit. Oh yeah, because it's Black Jesus. Black and the Jesus. white girl never seen Black Jesus. Yeah, but um, yeah. That girl but, um, who like took her shirt off 22 if seconds. Anime, if the anime were to do that and they had like the absolute like m- mega buff of Jesus Christ. That would be Honestly. so fierce. That would be so fierce. If that's what you need to get kids back into religion, you gotta do what you gotta do. God, oh, you, have to make them, you have to make them thirst for Jesus. God. <laughs> oh, my aunt is a hardcore Catholic, and I feel so bad saying these things. Okay, it's fine. 
That the whole system is all about sexualizing religion. Stop it! Have you seen the statues at the Vatican? I. Do you I've know that? You know that yes. statue of Lucifer. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about. The statue of yeah. Lucifer. Yeah. Stop. Oh my god. Okay, that's our discussion about the classics, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's always more to say. Okay, the last one I have on this list is Circe and the Song of Achilles, which are two separate standalone books written by the same author, Madeline Miller, and they are amazing, 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 amazing. I'm they only... are retellings of the epics by Homer. <laughs> true. They're, they, they're not true to the like original obviously there's a lot more you know, they're fan fiction, fiction. They're, they're fan fiction exactly um as we know i'm something of an expert on this but no I, i'm only about halfway through song of achilles in the moment i thought i would be done by the time we would film this episode but i'm not um but cersei i read a couple of years ago it is absolutely like she just she has this way of writing that takes because oftentimes you find like i find i don't enjoy info info dumping which is why I can't get into high fantasy as easily like my sister get, got into it super super quick but I just I have a harder time with it because of all the info dumping like you just get these like two pages worth of just the grass and the mountains and I'm just like I don't care but she she does the same thing but she does it through a character which you get a lot more emotion and a lot more personality through it which I find mm-hmm. really helps you know sort of mm-hmm. move the pace along and not feel it not feel like you're doing work for the story you know what I mean I noticed that I noticed that a lot with Song of Achilles I don't remember enough about Cersei to remember but it's probably true for both but I noticed it a lot in Song of Achilles like they would describe she would spend a paragraph talking about how sweet a fig is and I would be like enraptured by it because I love this character you love figs yeah (laughs) figs are figs are really really how how long have you been talking a long time oh my god let me see uh, we're at an hour ten, bro. Do do you wanna do you wanna take a break because we're halfway through our written material? You wanna do a part two? Yes, yeah, no. Oh my god. Okay, guys, we're gonna do a part two. Our our books to media will be part two. Yes, and we'd like to thank you for tuning in and that and for the moderate that caucus with Tanner Delay and. Sonia Tower, please excuse all my stupidity in this episode. Yeah, like, write, and reply. I don't know. Um, subscribe also subscribe to our youtube and follow our instagram for updates and like on spotify and think of our faces when you dream at night no don't please don't bye